This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to step up to the plate with Jim, Steve, Fish, and former two-time Gold Glover World Series champion, Benji Molina. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Right, Jordan! Into the field! September 3000! A score! Smith, Corks one into right down the line! It may go! Hello, Cardinal fans. Welcome to a, let's call it, Game 5 edition of Two Birds on a Bat, your St. Louis Cardinals fan podcast. Coming to you from the patio studios, as always, the original party place for St. Louis Cardinal fans everywhere. And as always, brought to you by our good friends, Innovated Companies. Innovatedcompanies.com is where you can learn more about our great friend Randy Green and his wonderful company, uh, led by his uh, wonderful daughter, who uh, we're going to hear from here on the show soon about some of the great things they've got going on here in St. Louis. But we just want to tell you a little bit about them and their uh, their great company, where they have construction, heating and cooling, and electric ready to go and take care of you. Residential, commercial, industrial, doesn't matter. Randy Green and InnovativeCompanies.com is the name you should know and trust. He's a 35 years experienced second generation craftsman that still believes his word and a handshake means something. That's Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com. Well, folks, I call it a Game 5 edition because uh, we're going to put this thing together today and get it out before the game starts because I don't want any uh, anything to affect the aftermath of what will happen today. But <clears throat> I'm feeling good about today. I'm, I felt good the other day when things kind of went in a great direction for the Cardinals thanks to a, a Cardinal icon here in St. Louis. And um, once again, it just seems like every time we need him, Yachty comes through and uh, I've had a great time and a lot of fun um, playing the call, the Spanish call. A lot of people have been asking for it from our good friends, uh, of course, Benji Molina and Polo Asensio. And Benji Molina joins us now, as he always does, on the M4BYADI.com hotline. From Atlanta, getting ready to head to the stadium, is our friend Benji Molina. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, man? What's going on over there? Well, you know, good. I'm happy and excited, like you are, and, you know, like a little bit, you know, worried and everything. That's what a game five would do to you. Well, you know what I love about stuff, though? And, again, I know we want to talk about the game, but I got to tell you, I thought this was great. You know, everybody was really having a good time with um, your 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 brother uh, on, a, on a video kind of having some fun with you and Polo about your Spanish broadcast saying you need to be a little more professional, that you go a little crazy. <laughs> and then he goes and does something like that. I just – isn't it amazing how – great moments find great people and it just 
you know, I was telling somebody the other day, I'm like, you know, it's like Michael Jordan. I mean, he, we remember all these shots he hit and all these plays he made, but he, but he missed a lot too, right? I mean, sports is a game of failure. And, you know, your brother and Albert Pujols and all the great Stan Musial, Bob Gibbs, and all the great Cardinals, they weren't perfect. None of these guys are perfect. But the big moments seem to define their careers. And once again, he comes through for his town, for his team, and it just those moments seem to find him. And he's flat out said he loves those moments. Yep, and everybody knows it, man. He has the heart for it. I mean, he's doing he, his heart is really for those moments, Jimbo. It's uh, it's amazing to be watching it. Uh, well, if you guys heard the call on the fly on the sack fly. I I, st- I stayed behind, you know. I didn't say a word. I didn't want to ruin follow call. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't tell that anymore. I started yelling like a crazy kid, man, and, <laughs> uh, in the background. And then Paul kept going, and I mean, it was it was unbelievable. And what he was saying was, I mean, obviously he was describing the play to the people, but but what he was also saying that caught my my attention was who else. You know, he kept saying that phrase. It's like, who else? You know, Kid Moss. And, and we're like, yeah, that's true. Like, who else? You know, tie the game. And all of a sudden, you come up with the big sack fly, to which he almost hit it out, by the way. And uh, and and to win the game. I mean, a game that he would have sent you home, he tied it, and he, and he wins it. I mean, that's why Paul kept saying, who else? Who else? Our time, Yachty, you know, and... It was it was an amazing thing. We almost reaching the one hundred thousand views on a Spanish, bro. What the heck? I on know. A Spanish call one hundred thousand views. That I, is totally amazing, man. Well, it's great, and I tell people all the time: you don't have to know Spanish to get a feel and an understanding for what you guys are doing. And I'm I'm proud of you. I'm I'm happy for you and Polo. Polo's a great guy and has a great story as well. <clears throat> I mean, obviously your two guys' stories, you know, couldn't be any more different of how you got here, but, um, you know, it's an amazing thing. And, and I just, but the more, the, the thing that we have Jimbo, the most is we're passionate about baseball. So obviously now we became passionate about the Cardinals, right? Because we work for them, my brother's there and all that, but we are passionate already about baseball. So I, and now we're fans of, of the Cardinals, um, you know, obviously I've been more, but Solo just became fan because of the, the work, too. And and now we feel it, you know. We feel this thing in our heart. We didn't want to go home. We didn't want to be eliminated and, and things like that. We were hurting. You should see us in the cabin in the, in the M4 by Yachty Booth, man. You could see us. <laughs> Whenever something goes wrong, we slam the table. I mean, we go nuts, man. And when something goes right, same way we're banging on the walls and people are like hey be quiet out there but, <laughs> but you know oh, what man, but you guys are fans you're fans too i mean you got a job to do and you're professional and all that but i think you know i got to be honest with you though i think that's part of the reason why guys gals everybody out there that's a cardinal fan is really enjoying you guys and that's that goes to the part two of you know you don't really even have to speak Spanish to really enjoy you guys and you guys speak pretty good English too so when you're out there promoting the Cardinals I think people have really uh, come around to what you guys are doing so uh, another great moment you know another great moment we expect nothing less um, and there are still great moments ahead we talked about it before this thing started 
that you never know who it's going to be. Um, you know, uh, we looked at this series and everybody, you know, it's it's went kind of backwards, hasn't it? I mean, everybody kind of looked at it and thought, okay, well, you know, I don't know what we're going to do about game one, but we got Jack Flaherty in game two. So if we come home with a split, well, we came home with a split, but it wasn't like we thought it was going to be. Then we come back and we get an unbelievable performance from Wayno, and we don't win that game. But then the next day we win a game where Yachty comes through for us in the late innings. So here we find ourselves back in Atlanta, game five, Jack Flaherty on the mound. Um, another a rematch of, of what was a game where, guess what? They got the better of us, and now we have an opportunity to turn the tables in them. What's your thoughts going into today? Let me tell you this. I, I just I just believe and, and I feel like Clarity cannot lose two times to this team. You know what I mean? That's his mentality. I don't think Fulton ever should beat us twice, even though we have a, a bunch of guys struggling. Uh, we got Goldsmith clicking at the right moment. We have Ozuna clicking at the right moment. Yaddy's always doing his thing. Wong got that double. That's the start. So hopefully that's the beginning for him. Uh, but the rest of them are, you know, Edmund's doing his thing. But, you know, Carp and, and DeYoung and, and Guy and Fowler, they, they need to pick it up for us to move on, man, because at some time, at some moment, they're going to see, like, these guys are strong. Let's pitch to these guys, <laughs> you know. And that's the only thing that gets me worried about a lineup. But I don't think Flaherty is going to – I really don't believe Flaherty is going to lose two games uh, with these kids unless, obviously, we don't hit, right? But I, I but I also don't believe that Fulton Edwards is going to keep us, you know. It's going to be Fulton Edwards to start. I think Soroka is going to come in. I think Freed is going to come in. I think Newcomb, their best, their best guys are going to come in today. So we better be prepared for that too, you know. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I'm, you know, I would assume in this situation for everybody, you know, us, the Braves, uh, Washington, L.A., Houston, Tampa Bay, it's all hands on deck. I mean, it's now you're in a situation to try to get yourself to the next game. But, you know, I think the good thing for us is, um, you know, we didn't have to push Flaherty. He's on regular rest which I think is important, as we saw last night with Houston. I mean, it, pitching on three days rest, everybody acts like it's no big deal. It's a big deal. Um, it is a huge deal, and I don't know why they threw him up there. Well, just interesting. Like, I, you know, I the whole – never done it. Yeah, yeah, it's just weird. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they – I don't know why they did that because I, I wouldn't have done it. It's just – I, you know, it's a great story, right? Fans love it. They love the, yeah, he's going on three. And, you know, we've seen guys do it. And and when a guy has success doing it, it's a great story, right? But the numbers would tell you, if you're a numbers person, the numbers would tell you that it doesn't work out as, as often as you would think. And, you know, you can think back, um, you know, I, I've, you know, you've know, I've said this numerous times on the show that Chris Carpenter gave his right arm to the St. Louis Cardinals and him coming back on three days rest in the World Series, you know, he just had an attitude of I'm not going to lose this game. And, you know, you can only imagine what that does to a person's body. And we've seen guys not be the same after it, after doing it. Um, Madison Bumgarner um, is, was on track to be a trim, like just an like a elite starting pitcher. And he's still good, but he's not as good as he was. And, you know, he really pushed himself for a few years in a row there in the playoffs. So who knows what it really hard. Yeah. And who knows? Right. Like we can't say for sure, but boy, sometimes it just looks that way. So anyway, long story short, um, I like our chances. I'm sure they do, too, because Fulton Evich is on regular rest. But I'm like you. I don't know. I don't I don't like I, I don't know that Jack 
can lose two in a row. We'll see what happens. But I, I like to see the Cardinal bats come through a little bit. I'm, I'm glad the home run ball starting to take flight. We're heading back into Atlanta. We, we know the ball flies there pretty well. Your boy Marcelo Zuna has been has been great. Um, my concern is, uh, and, and maybe you know, and maybe you don't want to talk about me, but it looked like he might have tweaked a little something making that shoestring catch. He, he was real gingerly moving around a little bit after that. Is he okay? I haven't, I haven't uh, asked him. I'm sure I'm going to ask him when I see him today, but um, he seemed okay. He seemed okay to me. I didn't see anything different today when I, I mean, yesterday when I saw him uh, going into the plane or anything, he was carrying a couple bags. So, I mean, I think, I think he should be okay. Obviously, we will have to wait and see uh, when I see him today, and I'm going to ask him, but. That would be a big blow now that he's swinging the bat pretty good. And you know what? It's uh, it's really hurtful for us is that you know that they haven't even got into talks yet. And uh, with Marcel, I know they believe in their young guys, but when you have guys who has done it, Jimbo, I already said it a million times to you guys, and here in the show, I I, I don't know if I can let go somebody who has done it and get somebody that has potential to do it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, they, these guys. Hopefully, they offer something. He wants to stay. That would be a really good lineup next year, when, when Thomas comes back, and maybe Martinez stays. Uh, which is going to be hard to think that Martinez is going to stay. But uh, I mean, it's going to be a good lineup. I hope. Uh, I hope the young picks it up. I mean, the guys that are struggling, like Carpenter and guys like that, you know, I hope they pick it up so they can make this team a lot better, you know. But I, it will be devastating to the lineup to lose 100 RBIs because he was going to go 100 RBIs easy if he doesn't get hurt on the fingers. Sure. And, and he was going to hit 35 home runs easy. So, uh, I mean, to let go that type of production for somebody that who's never done it, I don't know about that, you know. Yeah, it's a tough call. I, you know, I, especially when a guy's, you know, really done well for you here and, and so it comes out and says he wants to stay, you know, I mean, now what does that mean? I mean, how much money are we talking about and all that kind of stuff? I don't know. I mean, that that's, that's for everybody to figure out behind the scenes. I know this, everybody's got plenty of it, so that shouldn't, you know, you wouldn't think that'd be an issue, but I, you know, but for, for most people, they can, they can figure that stuff out for me. I'm just happy to see him. I mean, he's an exciting player. Um, I love it when he's, uh, things are going well. He's got a, he's got a, uh, he carries himself in a certain way that I think rubs off on other players and he's just an exciting guy. And I mean, he does some things that we complain about with other people. Like I, 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 I was real happy to see somebody bring up that, you know, we're ta- yes, he hit some home runs, right? But how about him beating out that double play ball in the 10th? You know, if he doesn't do that, we don't, you know, how about that? You know, that that right there is a big thing that a lot of people don't even think about. It's amazing. Yeah, a lot of people don't bring that up. And the first thing when I saw him, he said, hey, 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 did you see me? Did you see the head out? I got the head out. He starts talking about the home run. And, and, and because we talked hitting, you know, so, so he started getting excited. And I said, wait, 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 wait. Let me tell you this. Great freaking hustle, buddy, to first base. A lot of players these days will just not run to first. That's an easy double play, and Yadi's fly would have been uh, just the third third out, right? So I went up to him and said, hey, keep hustling, man. And he, he's one of those guys that he hustles. He hustles almost every single time. Every single time he hustles. 
he doesn't get the credit he deserves, man. I, I'm always pushing it. You know me. Yeah, I know. I'm always pushing Ozuna because he really do hustle, and he really do makes everybody better and makes everybody happy in the dugout, which is really hard these days. Uh, and, and he does. He's one of those guys. We just have to wait and then hope and pray that he stays, man. Well, hey, unless, unless you go out and get a Rendon or, or somebody that produ production is the same, you know, even if it's a, a different position, but at least you substitute him with somebody like that. But if you're just going to go with your prospect, I mean, I don't see it. I, I don't see it as a good thing, you know. Somebody's got a bat in that four hole, and it ain't as easy as everybody thinks it is. Um, I say the Brewers are going to be after him. How scary would that lineup be with Yelich and Ozuna and Kane coming back? I mean, he might hit on, 50 man. home runs in Milwaukee if he stays he healthy. Might. He might. <laughs> um, he might. So let me ask you before you go, got to bring this up. Um, you know, there's been some shenanigans this series, and our boy Carlos Martinez has been a part of them, and he kind of started it. And um, Yachty told him about it. You could tell Yachty was not happy with Carlos and the way he approached it. Yachty's a, the kind of guy that wants to handle it on the field. You don't need to, to go to the media. You don't need to do all this. So in true Yachty fashion, he answers what was disrespect with, with, with some of their own medicine. So, you know, your thoughts on that. That's how I take it. I take it as Yachty's the kind of guy that's like, look, you want to disrespect us? That's fine. Well, guess what? When when we give it back to you, I don't want to hear no whining. So that's what I, I think. That's what all that was for me. How about you? Well, it's 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 really simple, and I hope everybody understands how simple it is because it is. If you strike out somebody and you pimp them out on the mound, you are very susceptible. How do you say susceptible? Susceptible. Very, yes, you're very susceptible to when the guy hits the homer it out so in this case if Acuna hits the homer of of, uh, of Martinez and all oh, the sudden Martinez strike him out he has a chance to pimp him out right right because that's what he did so uh, when when the game was over in the end the night the night before you know game three yep was over Acuna made a, a gesture like like you know the yeah the, the throat slash yep the throw slash, yes. And so Yadi saw Yadi was the last out. He Acuna didn't do it to Yadi. He just did it to everybody. He didn't do it to him. So Yadi knows that. So whenever Yadi ties the game and then he wins it, what do you think is gonna happen? What 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 the fans think is gonna happen? He's gonna go out for him. He's gonna how Looking for him, and uh, not he wasn't looking for Acuna. He was just doing it because Acuna did it. You know what I mean? Right. So how hard is that to understand? And I had a show today. I did a show, uh, not a show, an interview. Yeah, I saw with Tim McKernan. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, and I told him. I said, but if you have a last out and that guy show up like that and, and make some gestures like that, if you get a hit to win the game, don't you want to do the same to him so he can see what the heck's going on? You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I heard, and I said, I don't give a crap what critics say, because the critics, all they want is to stir up things, right? Right. They don't know what the heck is going on. They don't understand what happens on the field, which which, which this one that we're talking about, 
symbol, it happens on the field. Right. It happened on the field. It didn't just came out of Yadi. I bet you anything that Yadi didn't would ever even consider doing something like that if if he if Acuna didn't do it the game three. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, it doesn't worry me. I think it's baseball. When when Martinez came in in the game here in Atlanta, he gave it up pretty good. He still got the save. I mean the the win. Yep. Uh, close it out, but he still gave it up pretty good. Right. And 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 uh, obviously he was already pissed off about it. So whenever you see uh, any other antics like that, then you're gonna be a, you're gonna be mad. You're gonna be upset. But this is part of a playoff. Sure. But any team, either team, should not be mad at each other. They should just go after each other. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. If you pimp me out, be ready for when I strike you out, I'm going to pimp you out too. Right. That, it, those kind of things need to happen for, for nothing to happen on the field, you know? Yeah, and a lot of fans want to make take issue with the quote-unquote unwritten rules, and I, you know, I've maintained my stance on it has always been. It's your game. You guys are the players. You guys play by whatever set of rules you want to play with. But as a fan, if if a guy and I love Carlos Martinez, I mean, I, like as a like he's ta- he's uber talented. I think he's way better. I mean, people are upset with him right now, but he's way better than than people are giving him credit for. But the truth of the well, matter is, are, the truth of the matter is, you gave it up, buddy. Yeah, everybody's gonna be sure. You. But the truth of the matter is, you know, I, I even said it. I said, you know, you're, you're kind of calling a guy out for doing what some of your own players do. So, you know, basically he was upset and he let his emotions get the best of him. You know, I don't think yeah. anybody else would have handled it like that. And plus, yeah. after a game, he goes crazy. Well, you said it right. Everybody's talking about you're gonna, you can't get mad about somebody that your own team is doing. Right. You can't do that. There's, there's no way... I'm going to be pissed at you by doing that when I when I'm the one doing it too. Right. I mean, we love Marcelo Zuna. He does the same thing. Every time he hits a home run, he stutter steps around third. We love it. He's fun. He's being fun. He's not showing anybody up. He's just having a good time. And the reality of it was Carlos Martinez felt that he looked at him while he did it. And you know what? That's between those two guys. They can deal with it. But the truth of the matter is it comes full circle. And for me, I think the way Yachty handles it is the way you handle it. You know, I, he didn't go cry to the media about it. He didn't whine about it. The bottom line was, and I think, and again, I don't know, maybe you asked him, but when he grabbed him after that game when, when Carlos was going to do something to the dugout, I think he said something to him along the – I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Like, hey, let's do this on the field. Let's do it on the field. You know, we don't need any of this. What, what's going to happen if that happens? Suspension, uh, fines. That's all that's going to happen. Right. The, the benches are going to be clear. Maybe somebody get crazy enough to swing a, a punch uh, or take a shot at somebody. And guess what? Oh, suspension, two games. And we're in the middle of the freaking play. Yeah. So, Yadi is smart enough to say, hey, listen, just let it go. Try to get him out. And that's it. You know, just forget about it. That's all he was saying, right? <laughs> For sure. But you know what's funny about that? Right now, they can't get this guy out. He's talented. This Acuna's talented, man. He's uber talented. We just hope that he's not <laughs> in that position with base and loaded and <laughs> things like that. Because if he's if he's getting on base, you know, with nobody, you know, on or something, I'll take it. Yeah, but dude, man, that kid is amazing. He is oh, amazing. Crap. Talented. Talented. Hey, listen, but you he's can compete. Got nothing in his 
He has nothing in his brain, so yeah. see if he gets better. He's young. You know, same thing we've said about Carlos for a while. He's young. Hopefully he'll mature. You know what I mean? Because he's, yeah. cause just, hey, just like Acuna, Carlos Martinez is a very talented player, a, a really talented player, and that's yeah. all we can hope for. But what I'm hoping for today is a win, my man. I'm hoping you're going to bring us one home. Um, I believe in you and Polo to get this done. You know, I've sent you to Atlanta to get this done. But congratulations <laughs> to both of you guys. You're having – an amazing time. Your success is is well deserved. Uh, please tell my friend Polo good luck today, and uh, for all of I our remember, Cardinal fans, history, I guess let's go. You know what's that? History. Yes. This is history for sure. First for, time that they done a Spanish radio for playoffs. This is also history, man. Well, you guys certainly deserve it, and uh, please tell him I said congrats, and uh, we'll be talking. Hopefully tomorrow, uh, we'll be talking about the next series. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great, man. Let's go. All right, buddy. I'll plan on talking to you tomorrow. You got it, my man. Let's go, Bird. All right. The one, the only, Benji Molina on the M4Byyachty.com hotline. He's busy as all get out down there, but uh, over there, down there. But uh, I'm glad he took some time to spend some time with us today on the Two Birds on a Bat. Uh, we got a great show cooked up for you guys. I uh, want to remind you to check us out twobirdsonabat.com, uh, home of lots of different things that we're doing now. And uh, I'm going to have uh, my good friend Ron Nuttall here in, in just a minute uh, to do the new Ruffled Feather segment where we're going to highlight some social media thoughts, especially going into Game 5. And then we'll hear from everybody's favorite, Kyle Reese, and, of course, Moe's algorithm as we try to figure out where we're at here uh, heading into Game 5. But, uh, but please check us out, twobirdsonabat.com. You can subscribe to the show, which we ask everybody to do. Check out our Two Birds bloggers. Make sure you guys find us on social media. Happy to have everybody follow us on social media. Want you to be a part of what we're doing here at Birds on a Bat Show on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. As always, our ask, type in Two Birds on a Bat, like our page. If you would be so inclined, click invite your friends and do so as well. But when you see the pin post, that's the show. If you'd like it, comment on it and share it. That means a lot to us. Please find us on Instagram as well, Two Birds on a Bat Show, and of course, as part of lineupmediagroup.fm, home of Yo Radio, the newest streaming platform on your mobile device. Download that for free today. Uh, happy to thank all of our uh, uh, partners, and uh, congratulations to the uh, six-year anniversary to our friends at Adam's Smokehouse, to the best barbecue in St. Louis, located on Watson Road and open till 7 on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. That's our friend Mike and his wonderful staff. That's Adam Smokehouse, folks. They do box lunch orders for, for the big orders there if you, if you want to get it for the office or if you just have a large crew ordering. Of course, they do catering, which is second to none, and I can't recommend enough. I mean, you can go get your to-go orders, but go there and check out the atmosphere. Uh, like I said, the service is second to none, and it's just a great place to go eat barbecue, folks. Uh, make sure you check it out. Tell our friend Mike we said hello. That's Adam Smokehouse, St. Louis. Here's your cue. To our friends at Gators Baseball Academy, it's the offseason and the training has begun. If you're looking to get better in this offseason, contact our friends at GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. They've got wonderful classes, clinics, training sessions, anything that you may need. And if you want to find out if you've got what it takes to be a part of a Gators baseball team, check them out. That's GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. Can't thank our friend Dr. Kristen Jacobs enough, drkristenjacobs.com. She wants to remind you every day is Skin Cancer Awareness Day. Check her out her wonderful Ula La Spa and Anti-Aging Wellness Center. She does so many wonderful things for so many people. We can't say enough about our friend Dr. Kristen Jacobs and her wonderful drkristenjacobs.com. All right, time for some what I like to call tomfoolery, and you can't do that without welcoming in my good friend and yours, Ron Nuttall. Well, Ron, it's game five. I know, right? I don't know. How's your blood pressure? Uh, well, I take medicine for it, so hopefully it's perfect, which is why I take medicine, although this might be challenging the medicine. Who knows? But um, I feel good about today. How about you? 
Um, I, I feel great, and uh, we, we can get, I'm sure we're going to get into the reasons why, but um, one name stands out to me for today, and that's Jack Flaherty. So well, I have high expectations. I feel good. I mean, you know, obviously we all felt good in game two, and it didn't work out, and that's the beautiful thing about playoff baseball. I'm sure the Houston Nationals felt good with Justin Verlander going out last night. I'm, you know, I'm sure, you know, all these teams feel good when they send these guys out. And the reality of it is there's another team that's over there for a reason. They've gotten to the playoffs just like you. And, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. We know that. So uh, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here, but we got to go out. we got to play uh, better baseball all the way around, make pitches, make plays, and uh, and, and get some timely hits. So the, the, um, the formula for all winning teams, <laughs> so that's all we got to do, right? Well, I felt really good until you said that, so I'm going to give you that. <laughs> all right i'll take that um well hey listen as we do our ruffled feather segment i want to thank a lot of people for some of the comments i know um we've had um multiple people say that they really enjoy the the uh the thoughts of what we're going to do here as far as uh as far as trying to put together something that will incorporate fans so i'm excited about that as well i know um all of our friends uh whether it be you know different uh, Facebook groups or different uh, Twitter handles and things like that. Everybody just really enjoys having an opportunity to have a voice. So that's what this is, and we're enjoying it, and uh, we got a lot of good feedback. So I say let's just roll right into it. Um, would, you know, you're the visiting team, so why don't you uh, go first? All right, so there's a couple on here, I think. Of course, um, you know, it, it was uh, – it was good Twitter, bad Twitter, uh, depending on what day we're talking about. Here. Sure. So well, and that, that, depending on what minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually a better way to put okay. it. Okay. Um, I want to start off with somebody who I, I'm pretty sure we're all familiar with. If we follow Cardinals on Twitter, um, it's a guy I've followed for a couple of years now. He knows his stuff. Um, so I'm going to start here. And this is at um, his, his handle is at ZJ Gifford. That's Zach Gifford, if you've heard of him. Uh, I believe he's still uh, or he's kind of newly back into the writing, but he was affiliated with Birds on the Black. Sure. Um, I like his stuff. Out. Does a good job. This has to do with um, Harrison Bader in Game Three. Uh, sure. So the world holds entirely different if Bader doesn't get picked off. Instead of worrying about how it should have been bases loaded with one out or whatever, let's worry about how stupid it is to give away outs in baseball. Let alone when you have five left in the game. Um, I'm not sure here exactly if he's talking about uh, getting picked off or the fact that some people wanted DeYoung to bunt. But I think it opens up that door to both. It does, and I commented on it. I saw what he wrote. Listen, I, I like Zach a lot. He is a he's a new age guy, um, has a lot of tremendous stuff. Um, but he, like I said, this is no disrespect to him or anybody in that fashion. But this is an example where I've said a thousand times over, you can't just say I'm going to go by the numbers 100% of the time. You can't. And the reason is, is the numbers don't tell you the flow and the feel of the game. The bottom line is another run there was huge. One more run there was huge. And the truth of the matter was, if Paul DeYoung does his job, Harrison Bader doesn't have to try to steal third. And the only thing I don't like about all this stuff is, is, is what? If, Harrison ba- if he doesn't step back and Harrison Bader steals third, which he's done before, and so has Tommy Edmond, and so has other guys. We're talking about a great play and how athletic Harrison Bader is and how his speed brings a, a dynamic to this team, right? The bottom line is they got got, and it happens. And it was a big play. And, hey, hats off to Atlanta. But the truth of the matter is if the guy in front of him does his job, 
we don't have to take a more risky situation. I agree it's always risky. But the truth of the matter is there's a bunch of ways for a runner to score from third base with one out. It takes a hit to score a runner from second base with one out. And, I, you know, I, have we gotten a lot of those? No. Okay. That answer is no. And I think you're, you're right on, Jim. I, I, I agree with you on this one because, um, well, there's a couple things here. I, we, can, we can kind of peel the onion back a little bit, a few layers. But uh, for one, I, I understand bunting is not the most exciting thing in baseball. But as you pointed out, runs were pretty scarce. I mean, getting one run is felt like getting four. Um, the way they've been hitting it. Back up to that point, they had scored one run in the previous 17 innings. So anything you can do to move anybody over and manufacture anything at that point was a plus, especially going into the ninth inning. I mean, who's comfortable going in with a one-run lead? I don't care what kind of closer you have. I- I've never been comfortable going with a one-run. You always want that insurance run. Take advantage of it when you get it. Second part of this, yes, after watching Paul DeYoung attempt to bunt in game four, I'm like, wow, that looked terrible. Um I, okay, I get it. If the answer is Paul DeYoung just can't bunt, my my third quote, my follow-up to whoever is in the Cardinals organization is, why the hell not? Why is a player, a Major League Baseball player, does not possess that basic skill? And I'm not saying it's easy, but that's what do you do, Jimbo? When you've coached a lot, what do your what do your kids do as soon as they get in the cage? Well, they bunt because <laughs> they mean, need. I mean, there's a variety of reasons why they do it at a young age, but I know where you're going with this. And the truth of the matter is. I, I, I listen. I'm on record as saying bunting is harder than everybody thinks it is. If hitting's harder than it used to be, well, then so is bunting. It it goes by the same principles. They're not you know you're not squaring to bunt and they're throwing you a nice fat fastball right down the middle. You know most times and not when you're squaring to bunt, you're you're typically trying to hit something that's moving um, because it's even harder. Now, I will say. It is a lost art. There, like everything in life, there are guys that are way better at it than others. Typically, a lot of times, it's guys that can use bunting in their everyday game. Um, guys like Colton Wong that can try to bunt for a hit and, and guys that can do that. And guys that have 30 home runs typically don't know how to bunt. So, you know, I think a lot of old school guys would say, come on, man, this is a major league player. He's got to know how to put a bunt down there. Uh, I would agree with that. I also do agree that it's tough. I'm not so sure I wouldn't have – listen, they could have done a variety of different things there. The reality of it is we needed Paul DeYoung to be better, and he wasn't. Either way. Either way. Right. You're right. That that game he had a couple strikeouts – or a strikeout and a couple pops up, pop-ups. Or was the other way around? I don't know. But um, he hasn't looked good at the plate. And he ended up – it was runners on first and second. Nobody ended up popping up short enough to right field where nobody could advance. Um, so – yeah, it, it, there's a lot of people in this lineup. I know t- sometimes as fans we can tend to pick on uh, one guy. In this case, it was Carlos Martinez, and we talk about the game in its entirety. I can look at a lot of guys in that lineup and a couple key plays in that in that game that shouldn't have put the Cardinals in the position to only have a one-run lead in the ninth. I'm not saying the outcome would have been any different, but they had their opportunities. I think the biggest part of the whole at-bat for me is that's if you don't want DeYoung to, to, to bump because he can't, okay, no problem. Um but what I will say is this then. If you're not going to bunt him and everybody was pissed off that he swung at 2-0, and well, I'm going to tell you this. If, if, this is what's always killed me, if you, especially if you are a numbers person. Well, I can promise you this. If the decision is already made that he's going to swing, that he's not bunting, well, I can promise you this. I'd much rather have him swing on 2-0 and than 2-2. So I have no problem with him swinging on 2-0. and um, The problem is I, I don't know that he followed the quote-unquote procedure to swing on 2-0. Did he get the pitch that he needed to swing at on 2-0? and 
I, yeah, you know, that's right. my thing. Like, I got like it, it. It's really hard. It's way harder than we think it is. And I think we saw Chipper Jones call somebody to task on Twitter the other day for getting on Freddie Freeman. But it's so much harder than we think it is. You know, even I, put it this way: it's even harder than the people that think it's hard. You can't even imagine how hard it is. So I get it. I get thinking, man, it's 2-0. He's just walked two guys. I'm going to get a fat pitch right here, and I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to make sure I put a positive swing on it for the team. I get that. But the bottom line is, and I don't remember exactly, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was either. It wasn't right down It wasn't down the fat part of the plate. You know, it wasn't, I have to go back and look. I might be wrong, but I think it was higher. You know, it was, yeah. the, the bottom line there is, um, it, and, and I don't, I think I've I think I've got this right, uh, and actually I just found it because I, I didn't want to misspeak. And the reality of it is, so when Carpenter walked, Bader ran for him. So you've got Harrison Bader at second base, and the reality of it is something positive deep into the outfield probably gets Harrison. Anything other than the left field probably gets Bader to third base. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, you know I. You know, a hit would have been nice. A home run would have been great, but just a deep fly ball would have been enough. Oh, you know. Did. So, fail. Bottom line is, guy failed. Guy failed. Yep. End of the day, got to be better. So, so many times at least, right? Yeah, but the, given the way the outs, I mean, you know, listen, it, it's real easy to say it's a bad idea when it doesn't work, and it's obviously real easy for me to point out that I think Yachty's given away two at bats in this series, and both resulted in a run. So, um, yeah, you know, I just, you're, you're never going to convince me that. Getting a run's not a big deal, and sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get it. So that's where I'll leave it at that. But I think he does. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. And he does a great job. So uh, awesome stuff there for sure. Um, my turn. Right. I'll stay on Twitter um, at kweezy five seventeen cheesy f baby. <laughs> at this point, I'd rather see Bader than Fowler. So um, let me say this. Uh, Dexter Fowler's getting a pass here, and I'm curious why. Do you disagree? Um, I, I, this is a hard one. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Two different, two different aspects here. From um, defensive standpoint, no kidding. I, uh, we, we'd all rather see Bader's glove and legs in the outfield, right? Um, at the plate, it's a toss-up for me right now, Jim. I, I, sure. If the Fowler is batting, like what point? Oh five six or something like that. I mean, it's just abysmal. Uh, he's doing nothing at the top of that lineup. Uh, would Bader be doing any better? I mean, honestly, I don't know. So if if they're both struggling at the plate, they both look clueless. Then I maybe I do defer to Bader for the for the defense up the middle. Well, um, let's say this. Um, let's say this. I I guess like today I'd play Fowler because he's going to bat left-handed. But I certainly probably would have played Bader against the left-hander, although they did in game one. It didn't work. But, you know, I think he did, like, didn't he get on base with a cheap infield little thingy or something? But, you know, I just, you know, we pick and choose who we're going to give a pass to anymore, it seems like. You know, we we do. We pick and choose. I mean, look at the, the Carlos Martinez stuff. I mean, he has a couple of rough outings, which he has had. And now all of a sudden there's a lot of misremembering going on. And people are saying, oh, every time he comes out, it's a it's a and that's just not true. It's just not true. Right. You know, you give people stats of how good he was in August and September, and they act like you're crazy. Oh, it was always – it was always – like, yeah, he got saves, but he was always putting guys – no, he wasn't. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. it, it 
And and let's face it, when it comes to that, he's, he's pretty good. Now, I always say this too. There's also no guarantee that the guy you put in is going to be good. Everybody's crying for Guy Eggles. Well, he promptly comes in and walks two guys. Let me tell you what, man. Uh, in honor of our good friend Chris Duncan, man, you start getting the tight cheeks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Certain, um, certain guys have been, you know, it's just uh, people can say what they want. That's another numbers thing. The last three outs are not the same as the first three outs. They're just not. Say whatever you want. They're not. And they're not. I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, uh, we both played baseball. We know getting those last three, there's just, it's, mentally it's tougher. Um, I'm not, and I've heard the argument that it's no different than three outs in the fourth inning. Um, well, th- th- there's something to be said about having that pressure, getting those last three. It's just, it is more difficult, and I know it's psychological, but it's true, in my opinion. Okay, you're up. Okay, um, I'm going to go to this. This was around the topic of there was a uh, an Atlanta uh, reporter you know, reporting out, hey, a lot of empty seats in Bush Stadium uh, for Game Four of the NLDS between the Cardinals and Braves. Yada yada yada. Uh, you think the best fans in baseball would show up for the playoffs, especially considering the team could be could have been eliminated today. Um, th- th- that's not really the tweet I wanted to highlight. It was once again, and I don't, I, I purposely looking for looking for names we haven't called out on here before, but this was a good one because I love, love how he responded to this. And it's our friend Aaron Mullins uh, at Aaron MSTL. That's two A's, R O N M S T L. Aaron Mullins. Um, he responds this way. I love it. Uh, 2019 attendance, Atlanta 2.6 million, St. Louis 3.4 million, Atlanta Met- Atlanta metro population 5.9 million, St. Louis metro population 2.8 million. So, uh, but yes, let's trash talk because people have jobs on a Monday at 2 p.m. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. You actually stole my thunder because I'll just go mm-hmm. ahead and recognize Tom uh, Bordewick that uh, started a conversation at Cardinals 24-7. Did I read that right? The Cardinals failed to sell out the venue today. I get the lousy start time, but still. Now, it's interesting. I like where you went with this. And, yes, I think we have every right to defend our everyday record. But I will say this. I've been here a long time. There have been shitty start times before, and there's not a seat to be had. So we can bury our heads in the sand and blame it on the start time, which, hey, I get it. But I promise you, there's a lot of people didn't go to that game Monday because they just were like, you know what? You know, I could miss work today. I could pull my kid out of school. Um, I could go instead of going. To the, but there's people stayed home. You, we can believe what we want to believe. But there's been bad start times before, too. I mean, we're going back in a day way long time ago where there were World Series games during the day. Okay, right. let, let me tell you. I, the, the fans are restless, whether we want to admit that or not. And I can't stand the best fan in baseball thing. It's the most dumbest, it's the dumbest thing ever. Um, to self-proclaim the people that do it. Um, and then, of course, it causes people to, to, to bring it up again in, in a negative light. But the truth of the matter is, does, but on the flip side, it doesn't make you a bad fan either. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to wear a moniker, go ahead. But for me, yeah, people stayed home. Own it. The team, you know, the team, they're not, they don't feel good about it. It's going to take something to make them feel good about it. And you can say that's right or wrong, but who's me or you to say that? But, yeah, there's something to it. People stayed home. They absolutely did. Absolutely. Um, I will say just for me, of course, that's um, – um, I could have went. Talk. Hang on. I could have went. I didn't go. I could have went. I didn't go. Now, it wasn't like I had nothing to do. 
I had a lot of stuff going on, right? But I could have went. And, and let me tell you, and let me tell you something. If they would have been playing to clinch it, I probably would have went. Probably would have. I could have went. I had like eight things going on. Could I have done what I normally do and juggled eight balls in the air and got them all done? And Yeah, but you know what? Eh, sorry. It's the truth. Um, no, I hear you loud and clear. For me, it's a game that starts at 3 in the afternoon. I'm on the East Coast, of course. And, um, you know, I couldn't watch the first part of it. Heck, by the time I get home, it's, uh, you know, it's almost over anyway. But um, I, so I didn't really see the images or the shots where it showed the crowd. I'm listening to, you know, Mike Shannon and uh, John Rooney in my ear uh, most of the day. So I really couldn't see the crowd. I got to admit, I was, I was very surprised at the upper deck and seeing empty seats there in a playoff game. I, I was shocked as anybody. Um, like, wow, this is, uh, this is strange because I, I, I know where you're going. I mean, there have been day games before. Heck, there have been day games during the season on a Thursday afternoon. And, yeah, it's, it's work hours. And it's full. So I, I, I was surprised. Um, I do understand that, look, it, yeah, it has a smaller metro population. Yes, it's on a Monday. School's in. Um, sometimes in the summer when there's day games, Jim, you know, you don't have to deal with school. Um, Could have been a factor. But, yes, I am shocked that the stadium wasn't uh, jam-packed and there were still unsold tickets. Um, shocking. I don't even know how to defend it. Well, I, th- see, that's the thing. I'm, I'm not going to defend it. People can do what they want. People can do what they want to do. I, You know, I've been saying for a long time now that, you know, sooner or later the masses speak and then the ownership group um, gets a message. Is this a message to them? Maybe. I mean, you know, is the is just making the playoffs good enough for this crew anymore? I don't know. I mean, I obviously not. I think it's an unintended message, Jim. I don't think I, I, whether people purposely chose to not go because maybe maybe uh, Dewitt would hear that or not. I don't think so. I, I think that you know, coming off a, a tough loss the day before, um, you know, the, the best the Cardinals could have done at Game Four was just survive. And I I, I agree with the point you made earlier. It's like, no, I'm just not going to go today. Um, if it was a clincher, yeah, there's there's not a seat to be had. But I think just look at the whole situation. Um, it's been an up and down year. Um, there's frustration. Uh, we felt better when they when they captured the division, um, but we go in with some of us going with a little bit of skepticism. We know this is a team that has some holes, and um, you know, coming off a tough loss, they didn't sell out. I, I do think that, that I do. I, you'd have to think the ownership in the front office are going, wow, that's that is surprising. That hasn't happened to us in a playoff situation for a long time. Well, what's we well, what's, what's some of the complaint right now with what – okay, look at our team, right? Look how things have went the last – you know, the, the things that are really hurting us right now, right? Like, you know, we used to make – I think this is hysterical, and, and I'm hoping you remember this, but um, we – I say we, I'm a Cardinal fan – used to make fun of when Mo would – we would feel like we needed an impact bat or a, or a number two starter or something like that. And he would, at the trade deadline, would go get some middle reliever. And we would be like, oh, we're going to get our traditional middle reliever, right? Yeah. Well, God, the last couple of years, I wish we would have got a, a, that traditional middle reliever, right? And I yeah. think that's what this is about. Well, didn't we get Singrani? <laughs> well, I think we got more than Singrani. I think we got like I think we picked up two guys that were DFA'd, too, that, that uh, yeah. we actually threw out there one game and didn't work out. Yeah, um, I remember his name. So anyway, long story short. To me, that's the message. And I hope I'm, and listen, I hope I'm, um, uh, uh, I hope I'm wrong. I, I would love to be wrong. 
Love to. Love to. Love for. You know, of all the people, you know, however many empty seats there were, 5,000 maybe, 6,000, yeah. whatever it was. Um, I would love for there to be so many people that go, I really wanted to go, but I couldn't go. And there not be 6,000 people out there like me who are willing to admit, yeah, I could have went. I just didn't go. You know, I, I, I'm i not ashamed to admit that. I could have went. I didn't go. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a mix. You know, so. Yeah. Um, and I love the Cardinals. I'm not mad at them. I, I have no, like, see, that's the thing. I didn't not go because I was pissed off or upset. I didn't go because, you know, I, I, I didn't have that juiced up feeling that I normally have. Was there plaque, was what happened the day before a product of it? Probably, like, I'm not going to call it a tip of the iceberg or a straw that broke the camel's back, but it's a culmination of things that, that don't get me excited. To where I'm willing to juggle eight balls in the air to go, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so you know, kind of is what it is. Uh, and, and and you know, again, I'm I'm not naive enough not to think that the early start time didn't affect it for some people. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's a playoff game. I mean, yeah, like the I- whole world takes off opening day. Yes, and school is in. School's in session. I see a lot of kids at opening day. And I've seen early start times before in a lot of kids at baseball games. I personally know people that had their kids at the game that day. <laughs> you know, call the truancy officers, I guess, if they're bad people. But, you know, so do I agree with the early start times? No, I think they're stupid. I, I do. I don't get the whole we're trying to have a game on the whole day. Yeah, I think it's these. Uh, it must, it's the networks that get the deal that don't want to show a game while other network is showing the game. I, I, and I don't get it. I, I th- listen. There's got to be people smarter than me that have some numbers to back that up, but I don't get it. I could be. I like I said. I. I mean, did I watch the game after? I mean, I, normally I would have. I've been like extremely busy lately, so I didn't get to watch as much of it as I would have um, if they were both on. Would I be flipping back and forth? Probably. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I guess money talks, bullshit walks, and it doesn't really matter what we think. So, um, I tell you, they win. I'll definitely be watching the uh, Nationals. And <laughs> yes. For sure. Yes. Who would you rather play? We're going to win today, so who would you rather play? Oh, boy. That, you know what? I mean, they both have pitching staff that are capable of, of shutting you down. Um, they both have – an offense that's very capable. I, to me, Jim, it's. I, I know the Dodgers have had this fantastic regular season record, and they've got a lot of big names on their roster. Uh, Washington has has some big names too. Uh, they've been, you know, they've been playing tough. I mean, they've given the Dodgers a run for their money. I, I, man, I, that's 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 tough because you, you're facing a lineup of Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg, and, and or, you know, on the other side, it's Ryu, it's Kershaw, and. I don't know. You know what? Uh, if I had to pick right now, if you were forcing me to pick right now, or my house is going to burn down, I'm going to say the Dodgers. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I bucked with them in the past. Maybe it's just that voodoo from the past that's coming back, and, and I'm remembering them knocking uh, mighty Dodgers teams out of the playoffs. Maybe that's it. But I, I think right now I'm saying I'm saying L.A. Being the home team doesn't excite you against Washington at all, huh? There is there. I wasn't thinking about that, but that's that's okay. You're, you might flip me here. I told you I was on the fence here. Um, I don't know. I, I now I've got to stick with it. I've already committed. You've already committed. Stay committed. We need a commitment. Yep. 
All right. Well, hey, listen, fun today. Love doing this, man. This is good stuff. I love the ruffled feathers. I know, you know, we both saw some comments from some people that um, from different sites and things that like the idea. We hope people don't mind uh, getting mentioned on here. And if you do, sorry. But uh, when you put something on social media, you're fair game. And we'll try to keep it clean and classy. <laughs> yeah, I promise anything. Yeah, well, but it's good stuff, man. I'm enjoying it. And, um, you know, like I said, I... I feel good about today. I mean, our show will come out probably right before game time, and uh, hopefully uh, people can listen to it and before or, or maybe when they're nervous or whatever. But uh, the truth of the matter is I I just feel good about today. And like I said, I hope I'm right. Um, but in the end, it's going to come down to – it really does. It's coming down to two guys. It's coming down to Fulton Evich and Flaherty. I mean, who's going to have that stuff today? Who's going to have right. that stuff? And how are the two offenses going to adjust seeing, seeing those guys for the second time in a short period is going to be extremely interesting. I do want to say thank you to one of our uh, one person that hashtagged this year because it was a compliment to both of us, Jim. I like it. Uh, two of my favorite podcast hosts on one show, Birds on a Bat and at my handle. I need more of this. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Smitty. That's at Sam Smitty 9 Oh, good stuff. Yeah, appreciate him very much. Um, he's on. He's a... He gets engaged on social media and is a lot of fun, and I think he does a good job with it. So, you know, it's a lot of fun, man. I'm enjoying this. This gives, I think, like I said, for me, um, it's a way to kind of have fun with social media and for my own self um, to uh, take it a little lighter. <laughs> Sometimes social media gets me going. I, I, made, a, I made a conscious decision a, a while back to not let it uh, bother me so much when people would say things that would send me to on a tizzy. But um, but that's okay because everybody's entitled to an opinion, even if they're wrong. That's what I always like to say. Because <laughs> I'm wrong plenty of times. So, you know, let's, yeah. let's, let's be real here. But, no, it's good stuff. I'm enjoying this very much and uh, love doing it with you. I love your takes. I think you do a great job. And we do want to, uh, you know, remind all of our listeners what we're doing here. It is a Ruffled Feather segment, soon to be its own show. It'll be a standalone show where we're hoping to incorporate – uh, having you the social media person, uh, you the listener, you the participator, um, join us and, and speak your mind and send some things in. To do so, there'll be multiple ways to do it. Uh, we're loving the hashtag Ruffled Feathers to, uh, to get our attention, but make sure you uh, tweet at us or tag us in a Facebook post if you're trying to get our attention. You can contact us through those uh, through our social media sites as well with direct messages, which is fine, but we've also come up with a text line. You guys can text at us uh, anything you want to say, uh, 314-626-3954. Love to hear from you guys. Come up with some stuff, and we'd be happy to invite you guys onto the show as well as this transitions after the playoffs into its own standalone show. So I'm looking forward to that. Until um, then, we'll kind of be sharing the spotlight with uh, you know, my friend and yours, Benji Molina, and, of course, some great people in Kyle Reese and, and Moe's Algorithm. So, uh, Ron, uh, if people want to follow you directly on social media, what's your tag? It's at T-O-R underscore Ron75. Well, I'm having fun, man. Let's uh, let's keep this up, and let's uh, we will reconvene. And I, I, I got to tell everybody, I thought uh, I thought you had the text of the day when you sent me a text the other day that said, well, win or lose, I think we're going to have plenty to talk about on the show. So <laughs> that's – and I think in the end, isn't that why we did this? Because we kind of figured that. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, yeah, it could have been a four-hour segment if we read them all. But, well, not yeah. even, but – well, I enjoy it. This is a lot of fun. I look forward to doing more of this with you, and I uh, hope to see you soon, my friend. All right, Jimbo. All right. 
the man, the myth, the legend, Ron Nuttall, and uh, my co-host for uh, Ruffled Feathers. Happy to have him a part of this, and it's exciting stuff. So uh, really looking forward to bringing him in more and more of the stuff that we do here at Two Birds on a Bat. You know what I love about shows like this is there's a time and a place to talk about things that are controversial, and that time and place is now as I welcome in everybody's favorite, Kyle Reese. What's going on? Hello, sir. How are you? Let's talk a little controversy. Why not? Oh, let's talk controversy. Let's talk controversy. So, yeah, everybody's got an opinion on how this whole thing went down over the last few days and where it started and who was right and who was wrong. And then you get the, the uh, I don't want to mess this up because it irritates me, the BFIBs start chiming <laughs> in, and which is, again, I always have to say that I do not condone the BFIB tag. Uh, that being said, uh, let, let's start from the beginning here. How, do you, how, did, how did you see this thing from the beginning? You mean the series or what? what well, this whole thing about? with Carlos Martinez calling out Ocuna for shuffle-stepping around third. Yeah, you know, I, I, think, I think we saw Carlos Martinez be hit, like the most emotional uh, that we, we've seen him. And that's how it is in the playoffs, and it was a big moment. He felt up stage, and I get all that. It, for me, it was just like my, I, you know, we've talked about it. Let me take a step back. Just a couple of weeks ago, you and I were talking about Carlos Martinez, how we both enjoyed him a great deal. We didn't typecast him the way that other people did. You know, we appreciated him for the talent that he was, and we knew how important he was going to be in this series. My issue with what, what's happened between him and Acuna is that it didn't get better. Like, it made him pitch worse. <laughs> and, I like, I'm not one to get into controversy. I don't, I don't care, you know. As long as people aren't, like, talking down on people for the person they are, you know, uh, race, ethnicity, sexuality, like, I, I really don't get into the controversy thing. To me, my issue is that, that that step around third base threw Carlos Martinez off for three games. That's my issue. <laughs> and other than that, like, I, I don't care. Yeah, I can tell you. Um, as I mentioned to my friend Benji Molina earlier in the show, I certainly don't want this Acuna coming up in a big spot. I don't care who's pitching. This guy's a stud. God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're a team full of studs, you know, and they're lucky that uh, you nailed it with Freddie Freeman, by the way. Last week when we talked about Freddie Freeman, you talk about a guy who does not look expl- – he hit the home run last Thursday in the opener uh, in the ninth off of Carlos. But other than that, there's no explosion off his bat. His bat swing looks slow. His entire swing looks slow. And the Cardinals have benefited pretty greatly from that. And Andrew Miller owns him. Uh, and, of course, this will all backfire. <laughs> a three-run home run from Freddie Freeman off of Andrew Miller. And, uh, but it, what it feels like with me and Freddie Freeman is it feels like Josh Hamilton in the 2011 World Series where you could tell the guy was compromised and he can run into a baseball. But, like, he just he looks compromised, and other than that, like we we've seen how dynamic Ozzy Albies can be, just like we talked about last week. Yeah. And, and Ronald Acuna, even when he has like a four hit game, it's kind of like ho hum. It, it just it, you have four hits, and he gets like a couple singles, and you think that you you you've like handled him. You're like, oh, he was only four for five, but it was four singles, so it's nothing, you know. <laughs> so that, yeah, there's there, there's still an explosive lineup, it's still a talented lineup. Uh, but you know, getting back to the controversy thing, I I don't know, man, I. I don't get into the first flash. I don't. I don't have a feeling about that one way or the other. I know it's a terrible thing to say. Uh, it's it a lot of fun. I, I know that it's been a while since we've had playoff baseball. We're getting the most we possibly can out of an NLDS, and these little dramatic moments really, really show you why playoff baseball 
has a special place in American culture. You know, it, it, it might not be NHL playoffs as far as like intensity, but it's definitely that higher than that on a culture, like a cultural standing. And I, I think you could argue too that the Major League Baseball playoffs, and again, I'm biased because I'm a baseball fan and not necessarily a professional football fan, but I think you could argue too that even in the best of five, best of seven series in baseball, that uh, it, it surpasses the single elimination football in, in very many capacities. So uh, I guess my, my, short, my, my short of the long is that I'm really enjoying this series and I'm, we're getting everything we possibly could uh, from an entertainment value out of it, and that's awesome. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. So I'll ask you this. Um, that being said, knowing that, you know, the, the, I guess the controversy certainly hasn't slowed Acuna down any. Um, we've talked about how good, I mean, it sounds like all we're doing is talking about how good all these guys are. So I guess when it comes right down to it, the question really becomes, um, who the hell do you want to pitch to in in these games? Keep it, keep keep pitching to Freddie Freeman, you know? Uh, Boy, don't you feel like that snake's going to bite you sooner or later? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, and you know, I made that little Josh Hamilton comparison. Well, what happened in the tenth inning of Game Six? He walked right into one and almost won the Rangers the game. You know, yeah. uh, so to your point, yeah. But I definitely don't think you put anybody on base that you don't have to put on base, especially if that person ends up being the tying or winning run. That, that's that's step one for me. And then, <laughs> unless that person is Ronald Acuna, Acuna, or like that. You know, the other thing is that Adam Duvall is super interesting, the way that that's all panned out. I, I'm anxious to see, because the rumor was, and I haven't seen the lineup, I know they were released, I haven't seen them, uh, that he was going to get the start today over Matt Joyce. And, uh, man, you talk about a guy getting hot at the right time, it's a dangerous bat that you got to be careful with all of a sudden. Adam Duvall's bat, you know? Yeah, he is starting. Um, the lineup is out. He is starting. Brian McCann is starting once again, batting in front of Dansby Swanson. <laughs> so amazing. Um, you know, uh, for me, I- I'm going to try to just keep it low key with all the controversy stuff. I think in the end, you know, we've got our guy going. They got their guy. They, you know, I don't know if you'd call him their guy. He's been awful good at times for him. Um, my question for you would be, I don't know that Fultonavich and Flaherty are the same style of pitcher, so you obviously are going to see a guy now twice in five days. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is easier to adjust? Oh, God. You know, the, the one thing I've always loved about Jack Flaherty, and when he's been on, it's what makes him almost impossible to hit. It's his ability to throw everything from the same like arm slot and release point. Right. So... If you ask me, and Fultonavich does a very good job of the same thing, but there are very few pitchers in baseball who do it like Flaherty does. So it, if it were me just using that, not trying to be a Cardinal fan or a Braves fan, just trying to look at it like objectively, I would suspect that it's easier to adjust to Fultonavich. Like it just it seems that way because as long as as Flaherty's on his game, like there's you can't it's, that's the hardest thing on earth to adjust to. It's the the hardest thing. To adjust to from a pitcher, the slider that looks like a fastball. I mean, you, it doesn't yeah. like if it's if it's odd, if it's off the barrel. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, exactly, exactly. He's just it, he's throwing it at the same angle uh, from the same release point at the same arm speed. And like you said, at that point, if they run into it, it's either because a he left it over the middle of the plate or b they just got lucky. So I, I would assume that you know if you're a baseball player, 
if you're just picking between one of these two that you'd rather face uh, a fifth and sixth time through in five games or whatever, you would go Fulton Avich. But, you know, he's been so good in September, too. You know, we, we've been so distracted by Jack Flaherty and how great Jack Flaherty was. You know, they keep showing those amazing numbers that he's, that uh, Fulton Avich put up in September, and that's carried here into October. So I think I think it's just the perfect NLDS elimination game matchup. You know, I don't want to face either of them. I, I'd like to get to the bullpen as soon as possible, you know, to ramp up that pitch count, you know, swing it stuff right in the middle of the plate and hope for a lot of balls. That'd be my approach, try to get Fulton Evich out of there as fast as possible or try to get Flaherty out of there as fast as possible. Well, to do that, the Cardinals, I think, have to, I mean, again, we're going to state some obvious facts here, but to do so, it, it certainly appears that they're going to go into this game. And the approach needs to be real simple. Guys, we're not going to see very many fastballs. Yeah. We're going to have to live in the bottom of the zone, and we're going to have to find a way to, to, to quite frankly, elevate some pitches in the bottom of the zone mm-hmm. as opposed to swinging yeah. over the top of them. And, and um, to your point, that's the only thing I like about the whole thing is, is I think if you go in with a good approach, if you can, you know, if he lives out of the strike zone in the bottom parts of the zone, you could elevate his pitch count. Um, you know, that being said, the one guy in their bullpen that I know he came in and wasn't all that great, but man, Max Freed, you know, is, is, yeah. a, is, is a good pitcher, good equalizer for him too. So, you know, listen, it's all hands on deck today for, for most people, you know, unless they're absolutely off limits, guys that pitched last game or whatever. But, um, man, I it could be interesting. I mean, this is, like I said, I, the adjustment thing for me, and that's why I was curious what you'd say because I, I agree with you. The the thing that, that makes Flaherty appear to have what I would call no-hit stuff is that exact thing you were speaking of, and that is we all talk about the slider and how it's taken over baseball, and they've always thrown sliders. They're just nastier now, and, yeah, you know, yeah. they throw them harder, you know. I mean, phew. Exactly. It's crazy. Exactly. The, these, the pitches are engineered now. I, I think you and I have talked about it. Baseball's different, you know. Uh, and it, Sure, it has to do with the flight of the ball and the ball being different than it's ever been and a lot of home runs, but – Pitchers sit in front of high-tech cameras, and they engineer pitches now. That's never happened. And they do it, like you said, with more velocity. It's a completely different beast. You know, somebody was you hear people bitch on and on about the strikeout being way up and it being a strikeout game and a home runner strikeout game. And, you know, every, that's hitters are trying to hit the ball over the fence all the time and three-two counts and one-two counts and, you know – that's that's the case to a degree, but pitchers are just better than they've ever been. Like there are people throw harder, they have more movement, and it's that much harder to hit. And you can every hitter if they wanted to, they could shorten their swing, they could choke up, uh, and that doesn't mean that they're going to have success because the ball is still nastier than it's ever been. If if it was the case that all the all a hitter had to do right now was choke up on the bat and punch the ball. Jairo Munoz would be a starter, and you'd be highly coveted by everyone. But he's not because <laughs> the baseball and pitchers are incredible. Like, it, the base, the sport's different. It's adapting. It's changing. It's changing rapidly because of technology. And we're dumbing down our thought process on things uh, to hitters swinging for the fence and ignoring the fact that pitchers are better now than they've ever been. Uh, no surprises, in my opinion, in the lineup today that's come out. Um 
you know, I, for anybody that was thinking something drastic was going to happen, I think was probably wishful thinking on their part. I'm really not even so sure that's that would have been the right play today. I, Fowler, Wong, Goldschmidt, Ozuna, Molina, Carpenter, Edmund, DeYoung. Uh, that sounds about right to me. Yeah, and yeah, I know a lot of people are clamoring for DeYoung to find his way out of the lineup, but you know, I believe, I've watched enough of Tommy Edmund play short in the minor leagues that I believe that he could do it. I, I think he'd be fine, but you don't, even in game four, Tommy Edmund hasn't played shortstop at the major league level yet, I don't think. If he did, it was sub-innings late in the game. I know he hasn't gotten a start at shortstop. They've used gyro at short, and you definitely don't want him playing short in an elimination game or in a game four or game five because he's a, not a very good defender. So uh, I, I am with you. You know, I know a lot of people will probably still be upset that the Young's in the lineup. I, I am not. I obviously am a pro- proponent, even though Randy looked, Randy Rosarena looked terrible in his one at bat the other night. I would have liked for him to get time, but you have to stick with your lineup now at this point. I, I definitely am in favor of finding some way to get Edmund at the top and maybe move Fowler down. But, you know, honestly, I don't I, – I also just said a little while ago that I want the Cardinals to take as many pitches as, po- as possible. And I think that's what the tone that Fowler will set uh, early on. That's the tone that he needs to set. I don't care if he strikes out. I don't care if he swings the bat in that first at bat. I want him to take as many pitches as he can get unless he walks into a first pitch home run. And I know that's a weird thing, and it's a tough thing to even discern, but they need to see as many pitches early on as possible. So I'm with you. I don't have a complaint or a gripe about the lineup at all. One thing I want to say about Max Freed, though, real fast, while you were talking about Max Freed, the the key with Max Freed is make sure a base runner is on base because you saw him pitch completely different uh, when a somewhat fast-paced runner was on second uh, or even anyone on first. He just – he's one of these guys that you get a base runner on and it changes how he pitches. So you're right. Even with him, if he only scuffled when the runners were on, that's an interesting take, but you're right. I don't, I, I definitely don't want to see that guy. Like he is, he's so talented. Uh, maybe, maybe just destroy, maybe just put up like 30 runs. Can we put up 30 runs, please? Jim, can we put up 30 runs? Please? 30 runs. That's all you're asking for is 30 runs. Um, I've never, I've never asked for anything else. I mean, that's that's a big ask. Thirty runs. I mean, if you, you know, if you ask me for, you know, if you ask me for five, I might be able to pull that off. Thirty? Woo! Yeah. They have. They probably won't score thirty runs this entire postseason. Wow, thirty runs. Okay. <laughs> well, listen. You know what though is kind of interesting. Ooh. This is about the time though that you get one of those games. Yeah. You know where. You know, you think it's going to be 3-2 or 2-1 or even 5-4, right? It's about time for a – isn't it about time for a 7-1? Yeah, yeah. I you told know? one of my guys at work – I told one of my guys at work today that this is I, – I kept talking about pitching and pitching and pitching. And I said by the third inning it'll be, you know, 7-4 seven to, seven to four or something like that. And both of the starters will be out of the game. Adam Wainwright will be pitching and – Somehow Dallas Keuchel will be pitching again, and will be like, "Oh, hey, that escalated quickly." And you and you're right; like that would fit in with the the, the shucking expectations so far of the series. Well, <laughs> I have no idea how this thing's going to roll out. Um, is from a I guess from a um, prediction standpoint, I'm not real yeah. big on them. I mean, I I'd love to I'd love to make one, you know. Um, and, and and feel good about it, but that's the problem. I don't. Like, I've tried to go both ways on this thing and, and think of, 
the, the, the things that we haven't done well and the things that they haven't done well. And I'm looking at it and, you know, and, and it, when you start saying things like now Freddie Freeman hasn't been great. I mean, that just makes me a nervous wreck because typically guys that are that good aren't bad for long. Right. Um, and it's not like Ozzie Albies and Ronald Acuna haven't been good all year long. So the fact that they're doing well, you don't look at like, well, they're due to be bad. Um, you know, it's just an, like I said, I playoffs seem to bring things out in people. Um, you know, what Yachty did last game, I think we expect from Yachty in big moments anymore. It's almost unfair to these guys. Right. So yeah, it's, it's an amazing thing, but, um, let's, let's finish with this. Let's, let's finish with a hard question for you, Kyle. It's two to one Cardinals up. Um, Andrew Miller does come in in the eighth inning and get Freddie Freeman out in a big situation, right? Mm-hmm. He does come in in the eighth. And Cardinals threaten in the ninth, top of the ninth, but don't get any insurance runs because they can't bunt with nobody out. Um, who pitches the bottom of the ninth for you? Yeah, you know, I, I would, I'd go Carlos. It depends on who's been <laughs> used. I think that's a, that's a big key. But if Carlos Martinez hasn't been used, uh, obviously I'm going Carlos Martinez. And well, obviously. Not, See, that's the thing. See, you just said what's going to be controversial. Obviously, you're going with Carlos Martinez. Yeah. I, I, okay, so let me tell you where I'm coming at. From, I'm coming from two angles. One is we know Carlos Martinez will be there. We know they won't use him early. Uh, he'll be there. So because he's there, I'm using him in that situation. But I'm also trying my hardest to not use Giovanni Gallegos or John Brebbia. Uh, actually, taking a step back, I'm, not, I'm trying my hardest to not use Ryan Helsley unless I have to use Ryan Helsley. And I'm making sure that I have insurance. I've marked Carlos Martinez out there, and I already have two people warming up. I, I don't screw around. I already have two people warming up. Uh, that's, that's just where I'm at. Our base runner gets on. He looks like he doesn't have command of anything, and you immediately get rid of him. You, you just have to do that. You, you cannot screw around in this situation. You know, it, it, it's, and to me, too, and again, Yachty is amazing, but I think that this is where Yachty is an absolute, like, killer instinct where, you know, Carlos is his boy. I love it. But no one knows Carlos Martinez better than Yadier Molina. And he's and got no knows. problem reeling him in. Like, That's my point. Like, yeah. Not shy at all about calling him in, or, or putting him putting him down, basically, and saying, hey. You know, like those looks that he gives him sometimes are classic. Let's be honest. You know, exactly. But you exactly. know, you know what's interesting? No, I told somebody this the other day. When's the last time you could remember Yachty being that visual? I, I call it visually vocal behind the plate with a pitcher. Oh, he, Martinez is the only like. No, there was one before, and he's no and he was and he was no longer here after it. And that was Shelby Miller. Remember oh, how yeah. disgusted Yachty would get with Shelby Miller? Yeah. It was noticeable, you know. It was noticeable, um, yeah. and I'll be damned, you know. It was like he couldn't like. So I, I say the same things here, which is always makes you know, which always makes me wonder, of course. But you know, um, it might be a different kind of like, you know, a, a different kind of disgust. Sometimes I think with with Carlos, and I think it's the same disgust we all have. It's funny you yeah. brought it up. If he doesn't have it, so what's he do the other night? He gives off, and, and listen, the bottom line is this. He absolutely, just Josh Donaldson starts off the ninth sitting on an off-speed pitch. Yeah. It's obvious because no hitter 
pulls that ball fair if they're not sitting on an off-speed pitch. That's number one. So he's sitting on it, right? But then he comes back and strikes out the next two guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's that was that was that was actually Acuna, right? Acuna. He was the one who hit hit that down the line. Uh, about that. No, not in the game I, they tied. Oh. Oh yeah, my bad. Sorry. My yeah. Bad. I thought we were talking about. Not not, not in the game they lost. Uh, yeah. When when he when he gave it up. But if you go back to the sequence in it, I mean, you know, because I, I, you know, just like everybody else, man, I'm sitting there looking at it going, you know, where, where did this go wrong? You know, where did we, you know, how did, how did this get away from us? You know, so I've looked at it a thousand different ways and thought, okay, how did, how did we get here? Right. And like I said, I watching the at bat, you know, I mean, it, you know, Donaldson plainly, but then, you know, you got a left-handed swing in Marcakis and he strikes him out. And he strikes out Hecaveri, and the bottom line is Hamilton steals third. Yeah. Right? So they walk McCann, and I'm telling you, Swanson does the same thing, same thing that Donaldson did. He sits on a pitch like that. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, it is what it is, you know? The, I don't know. The whole, uh, the whole Carlos Martinez thing, you know, like, to your point about Yachty, Yachty's always been able to rein him in. But that's like the one area where this series has been – the first time where I've I've lost my own personal patience with Carlos Martinez because it really did feel like up until game four, it was the first time that no matter what Yachty did, Yachty could not reel him in. You know, he lost his shit in game one with Acuna, and then what he do? He threw a meatball to Freddie Freeman. He ended up getting himself together. Uh, but then, you know, we see him blowing kisses to Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton steals the base, and he's all over the place with where he's throwing strikes. I mean, all over the place. Of all the you know? things, that's the thing. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> like, that's what, what I mean. Like, like what was that? This is the first time that I ever remember thinking to myself, like, holy cow, Carlos has actually lost it. And, again, that was the, the most important thing for me for Game 4 and why I would, I would set up Game 5 exactly like I just outlined. Is In Game 4, he goes up against Acuna to start that, that inning. And Okuna gets a double, but it's it's like a three-two count. He throws a couple good strikes. He doesn't lose his emotions. Okuna, Okuna takes the ball and kind of just stands in the, the batter's box, falls off a pitch. It's kind of a little flashy about it. They do that thing where they try to ice each other for a half a second or whatever. <laughs> and and he left up the double, but he didn't lose his shit. He kept his shit together. And I thought, all right, so this is the Carlos Martinez that I've always known, I've always loved. You can tell he still has that competitive fire raging and rolling. But he hasn't lost his damn mind. In those first in games, one and game three in particular, he lost his damn mind. And not even Yachty could corral him in either of those games. Yachty corralled him in game four. And as long as he's that version of himself, and we all have to accept the fact that he's going to be who they go to in the ninth in that particular situation. But I believe as long as he keeps himself corralled like that, they'll be fine. So let's, let's, end, that. let's end it this way. Don't they have to go to him in the ninth? Doesn't he have the best stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, are you really going to put Gallegos in the ninth inning in, in, in an no. elimination game? Are you really going to do it? You know? No. Again, this is the same fan base. This is the same fan base that wanted to that, – that, that it immediately started the one run Matheny out of town when he threw Waka. When – I mean – and, again, I go back to that series, and nobody seems to remember that. I mean, he was grasping at straws. Yeah. Everybody acts like there was an easy solution there. I mean, he was like, God, I got I to try something. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. like I said, it didn't work out. If it works out, what a great move, right? Like, oh, nothing else was working. He went to walk. I get it, right? Like, fine. You live with whatever. You make your bed, you lie in it. But, but the truth of the matter is you didn't have anything at the time that you were like, yeah, this is our dude, right? Like, Carlos Martinez has the best stuff. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he is like he. Brebbia doesn't have the stuff he's got. Guy Eagles doesn't have the stuff he's got. I mean, again, they've been they've both been good at times, but have they both been so good that you're going to throw them out there in Game Five in the ninth inning? Not without having prior experience. No, absolutely not. But again, you you need to have you need to have something ready to go. You know, again, I don't know if that's Helsley. I don't know if it's Guy Eagles. I don't know if it's Brebbia. You have to be smarter than that. You, you know, because, again, what if he's out of control? You have to have something ready to go, and you have to have something ready to go from the, from the beginning. You're right. Maybe someone – maybe none of those guys have better stuff. You know, Gallegos has been amazing. His two sliders are unhittable when he's sinking them perfectly. You know, Helsley can be nasty. There's no one with better stuff. And, we, I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. In the entire organization, from minor league backfield to major league staff, there probably isn't anyone with better stuff than Carlos Martinez, Jack Flaherty included. Uh, but you still have to be ready. You have to be ready because you can't just say, well, he's our closer. We're, we stuck with him and we made our bed. You, you lose your season if you do that. You have to have something ready to go if he clearly doesn't have it. But you're right. He's a guy you go to to start off with. You, you just have to, especially after the positive steps in game four. Yeah, I... You know, the the thing was, everybody's like, well, Acuna's got his number. I think Acuna's got a lot of people's number. And the fact yeah. that he was able to leave him right there, I thought was huge. So, yeah. I don't know. Big, yeah, and, I, and then, you, I was going to say real fast, you talk about the, Don, the Donaldson hit from, you know, the game that he blew. What we saw for that third out against Donaldson uh, in game four is he just put that breaking pitch that Donaldson was sitting on a little bit further inside. And that was enough to create a weak pop-up. You know what I mean? Uh, I think he gassed him up there. I think if you go back and look at that, yeah, I think he gave him. I think he gave him ninety nine or a hundred on the inner lower half. Jesus Christ! Yep. Well, but anyways, I'm almost sure. I, I I thought like you. I thought that was a much better pitch, and I went back and looked. I think he gave him the gas there. I'm almost sure of it. Did he? Yeah. Damn. No, there was the, the, maybe it was the first pitch of that. Um, one of those. How did Donaldson get out? I thought Donaldson. Made, like, he popped up. I it, he reached yeah. and popped up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, that's what I'm thinking of. He, he got it just a little out of the. Oh, it was a great pitch. You're going to be hard to yeah. get beat with on that pitch if you're uh, to a right-hander down and in, sinking down and in 99. That's, I could be wrong, but I'm almost sure that's what I saw. No, that's that's exactly exactly the pitch I was thinking of. Not not the start-off pitch, right? But that pitch, you know, like he he was in control of himself, and you can tell right away. You can you can tell right away, and you just you, you I love him. He deserves the opportunity. I think and believe and trust that he's going to come through if the situation arises. Uh, but there's also the other version of Carlos that I believe we're seeing for the first time this series that we've ne- I, again. I think this is a different version of Carlos that we've never seen before that we need to be prepared to pull the trigger on <laughs> if, if things get super like. If he starts doing crazy stuff, if you see him blowing kisses to anybody other than Yadier Molina, then he got to go. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, that is so good. That's so good. No kisses allowed. No kisses allowed. That's so good. Struck out Acuna on the last pitch. 
Oh. End the series. Go to the NLCS. Blow him all the kisses you want. Blow him all the kisses you want after the game's over. Give him a throat no, slash, say- blow some kisses, throw some bats, do whatever you want to do when it's over. I will <laughs> say that. If, if he were to strike out Acuna to end the series um, and he were to blow him a kiss, I would I would lose my mind. I'd be so happy. I'd be oh. laughing so hard. I'd be I would be uncontrollably gleeful at that moment. It'd be the funniest oh. thing ever. It'd probably result in a brawl. Oh, but it'd yeah. be the funniest thing ever. Hey, we like a good brawl in a hockey game. Hey, listen, man, you're always entertaining. Where can our listeners follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KYLER416. Uh, we do Prospect After Dark. We're going to do one tonight, uh, Wednesday night, after the game. Whether we're going to commiserate together or celebrate together, we'll be doing Prospects After Dark. And I write for Birds on the Black, writing about the minors. We're probably the ramp up our minor league coverage for the offseason because this is when it's really interesting. So uh, that's it. Check us out. We screw around. It's a lot of fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. Enjoy yourself. Well, as they say in the song, it's going down for real. <laughs> I like to quote a good tune every now and again. All right, buddy. Now, I know, real fast, real yep. fast, I know you said that you, you, you don't feel comfortable giving a prediction. I can't. I, I mean, know. I just, I don't, I mean, okay. well, of course we win. I mean, come on. There we go. You know, of course they win. I mean, I'm a Cardinal fan. Of course they win. I just, you know, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not Mark Messier here. I, I, I don't give guarantees. You know what I'm saying? I'm not Joe Namath. No guarantees for me. But, you know, I, 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 but like everyone else, I expect Jack Flaherty to go out there today and be Jack Flaherty. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if the offense steps up today. It really wouldn't. It really would. I, it, I, it's got that feel for me, but I don't do guarantees. I feel the same way. I feel the same way, man. All right, brother. I plan on chatting with you next week, and hopefully we're talking about uh, the, uh, the the National League Championship Series. Well, we'll be talking about it either way. Hopefully we're talking about the Cardinals being in it. Yeah, we're talking. We're dissecting a Cardinals lineup in bullpen usage. I love it. Let's do it. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. The great Kyle Reese. I call everybody the great. It's like, you know, uh, everybody's great. I just love it. So good stuff. Hey, listen. Um, I love Kyle. Love his thoughts. Um, I've had a great time so far. Obviously, we started with Benji. We went to Ron, uh, took it right to Kyle, and uh, we're going to hear from uh, everybody's favorite analytical department, Moe's Algorithm. Well, Moe's, let's get it on. What's going on, Jim? Well, you tell me. I'm looking. Like, I've been asked to make a prediction, and I can't make one. You know, like, of course, I think the Cardinals are going to win. I love the Cardinals, right? But man, I like I'm struggling with a prediction here. Uh, I think Jack does his best interpretation of Chris Carpenter, and I think this game brings back brings back fond memories of that game five versus the Phillies. Um, you know, one of the questions that I asked Kyle, and I'm wondered if maybe you have any thoughts on is, you know, both teams now are going to see the same starter that basically, I mean, let's face it, you know, they got to Flaherty, made a couple nice swings on Flaherty. But they both pitched really well. Second time now they're going to see him in five days. Which pitcher, in your opinion, is easier to make adjustments off of? And do you have any reasoning for this opinion? Yeah, I think Fulton Evich is easier because I don't think he's as good of, he's not as talented a pitcher as Flaherty. Just straight-up talent, no rhyme or reason, just just flat-out going to get out-talented by Flaherty today. I just – like, if you're asking me which is the easier pitcher to adjust on and, and, and have success against, the data, the history, everything points to Fulton Evich. He's not – I mean, he's not what he was the other day. Like, he's a good pitcher, 
but he's not that. And Jack's shown for a large sample now that he is what he is. So I, I don't, I'm not like cocky or anything because anything can go wrong. Sure. God, yeah. If we see, if we see any of this bullpen, it's going to be cringeworthy. But I mean, I feel unless like Jack just doesn't seem the type to come unravel. Like even if he doesn't, even if he's not throwing up a zero every single inning, like you're going to be in it, right? You're, if he gives up two or three, like you're there. Um, and you just got to make that extra play like they did the other day. You know, Yachty coming through twice, um, which the Braves were really stupid to pitch to him in the tenth. But that's another discussion. Uh, I just <laughs> think that Jack's better, and that doesn't always mean anything because Kershaw was better than the Cardinals than anything the Cardinals ever threw at him, and they found a way. So you know, um, it just kind of reminds me. Remember the wild card game against the Braves when they had Chris Medlin? And like he was just like the the darling, and he was incredible, and you know, and then they won the game. So I, I don't know. I don't. I don't view Mike Fultonevich as a guy I'm scared of. Um. Okay. Well, let's flip the script then, and and ask you why you believe the Cardinals. Because it's going to take a. I mean, I'm, let's call it a simple. It's going to take an approach adjustment. They're. With Fultonevich, we cannot expect to see very many what I would call hittable fastballs. Correct? You wouldn't think. I mean, I think I think the the idea strategy, the ideal strategy would be to attack him, like especially early. You know, um, a lot of pitchers want to get that first strike, and I think he's the type that wants to do that. And so, if it's there, I think you have to hit it. I don't think you can go up there and just take strike one and let him get to work. Well, that's the thing, you know. You're going to get people; they're going to start crying. They need to work the account, the work or work the count. And yeah, but but here's the thing: I, I get that in the regular season, right? Because it's a series. You want to you want to get that pitch count up. You want to get in their bullpen. You want to make them even weaker for the next games. But in in a game five, game seven atmosphere, it doesn't matter because even if they get the pitch count up, what are they going to pull them after three innings and put in another starter who's ready to go? Like it's not like. There, there's not really a, uh, a lose the battle, win the war situation in a game like this. Like it's you're not going to get their worst relievers coming out of the pen early, so you're going to get their other starters who would be ready to go in the NLCS. It's an all hands on deck thing that I don't think you can take that same approach and think about pitch count the same you would in a normal game. Well, I think that's well put. In fact, I I really hadn't thought much about that. I. You know, I did mention earlier that Max Freed is a guy out of their bullpen that I think is really good. I, I mean, I, I think he could give us fit. So, um, you know, getting to him, I don't know, is necessarily a great thing. Although, you know, who knows? I mean, we've talked about that, too, at times, like wondering, you know, what's good and what's bad. And things don't always work out as they seem. Um, so, I, you know, I'm with you. Like, I would expect nothing less than a dominant performance from Flaherty. Um, I would like to believe that the – I'd love to believe that the Cardinals can make an adjustment and and realize that they're going to have to perform in the lower part of the zone. Um, All that being said, when this thing comes down to it, at some juncture or another, unless the Cardinals explode, you would have to believe the bullpen is going to come into play. So I ask you – um, I asked the other guys, this, <laughs> it's real simple, man. It's two to one and it's the ni- bottom of the ninth. Who's going out there for you? Carlos Martinez. 
you say that kind of reluctantly. I think there's, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I think there's a lot of um, anecdotal evidence of his struggles lately that, yeah, it's not been pretty, but like other than the double, he pitched fine the other night, right? Like he gave off a leadoff double and pitched right around it. No issues at all. So I think there's more of those instances than they are the blow ups. You know, he pitched really well in September when he came back. Like I, he's he's done a lot of good things but i think we just get caught up in the couple of of hiccups and when those hiccups take place you know a couple times over a playoff series you tend to get scared you get scared away from your process right and you know their process is you know they won 91 games with this process they got into game five with this process and you know i definitely think um, I'm trying to – a few weeks ago, Jack pitched against the Cubs on that Thursday night game in, in Chicago. And I felt – I know he was up there like 118 pitch count, yeah. but the guy was just mowing him still. And I understand what Schilt wants to do in that situation. you got the playoffs coming up. You don't really want to just, you know, abuse him. But I think tonight if he's just freely pitching that way – like not stressful innings, not stressful 120 pitch. I, I think you just got to let him go. And if he gives it up, he gives it up. You're going out with, with the best pitcher you've got. I mean, it's, it's the best pitcher in the series. It's the best pitcher on the team. I, you know, if, if, if he's starting off an inning clean and, and you can't get through it and you got to go to somebody, that's fine. But I don't think you can just take the ball from him because it's the seventh inning and he, he's, he's at 117 pitches. I yeah, think to, I think there needs to be more nuance to that decision. All bets are off, type thing, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, right. I mean, yeah, your goal I, is to, he's going to get a lot of rest coming up if you don't win. So. <laughs> and if he and if he does win, you're not going to do anything stupid with him. I think they've already looked at it, and if we win, it's pretty simple, man. He starts game three and seven for you. Yeah, in the next series, the, you know. And honestly, you're in the same situation that I you know, agreed last week that I kind of wanted him in, I, you know, two and five. A lot of people get really wrapped up in a game one starter, but that generally doesn't really help you later on in a series, wh- whether you win or lose that game, you know? So I, I just look at it as like, I want my best pitcher in the spot that is going to be most important. And you're not supposed to win, you know, if it's the Dodgers, you're not supposed to win the first two games. It'd be nice to steal one. But then you have Jack coming back for game three at home in the game you're supposed to win to start evening the series up. See, that's the interesting thing for me. I'm with you there. Like, like, you know, there's a variety of ways to look at this whole thing. Like, And sometimes you go back after the fact and look at how something worked out. And then the next thing you know, you're putting two and two together and figuring out why it worked out. And, you know... Obviously, like nobody in their right mind would say, well, we, we don't want Jack Flaherty going game one of a seven game series. Of course not. I mean, of course you would. But sometimes, you know, you don't have that choice sometimes, yep. you know. I mean, it's just you get dealt what you get dealt and you go from there. And, you know, I you look back. Like I said, I'm looking back right now. I, today, you know, somebody posted, oh, look at that. Another game, you know, another another starter on three days rest didn't work out. Who to thunk that? Well, he's right. I mean, it, it doesn't work as often. Like, it just doesn't typically work. But it does work occasionally, so that's why people think they're going to do it. And the Cardinals won a World Series thanks to Chris Carpenter doing it, right? 
So yeah, you look back on it, and you look back on it, and you think, you know, let's look at the reasons we won this World Series, right? It, it, it the the greatness is in front of us; it's not behind us, so to speak. And yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it looks like. It could be a loss today. It could be, I mean, I you know, it could be. Harrison Bader coming off the bench. It could, it could be Dexter Fowler breaking out of a slump today. It, it, it could be, you know, it could be Carlos Martinez getting us out of a jam. I, I don't know, but that's what makes this great. Not, you know, predictions are great, and that's that. I'm kind of joking around with all this, but that's the whole thing about the prediction thing for me. The prediction thing doesn't mean shit. The fun part for me is looking back afterwards and looking at the moments that brought us to where we are. And the, the the improbable things, you know, I, yeah. that's what made Game Six Game Six, right? Yep. The, the improbability, the craziness of it. Yes, yes. I mean, well, like that. I mean, think of the. I mean, you think back to like I was talking about that wild card game with the Braves. Like, think of the stuff that had to go right for the Cardinals in that. I mean, you remember that Chipper Jones threw that ball to second base into right field. Then you get the you know the non infield fly infield fly situation like crazy <laughs> stuff happens that you know sometimes the ball bounces your way and other times it doesn't you know I was really frustrated in the ninth uh, the other night uh, when Deck hit that ball down the right field line and it was just foul like that's that's the difference right there like that's it you know uh, sometimes it can be not even you know it can be accident. Right. You know, you, we've all seen people hit a baseball late and they 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 cheat their way into a hit because they were so late that, you know, it just dunked into the into the infield, you know, right in the corner there. Sure. You know, there's nothing you can do about stuff like that. That's just part of the process. And, you know, if they go out today with Jack on the mound and he pitches what he can do and, you know, they do what they can do and they lose, you know, they did what they could. And they had their their best pitcher out there twice. The Braves beat him twice. You have to tip your cap and move on you know, and try and get better. Um, but they couldn't ask for anything better than to have him on the mound right now. Uh, any thoughts on finally seeing, you know, some 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 carry out of the, the middle of the order? Yeah, uh, I said that Goldie would have a good series uh, last week when we talked. Um, I think Ozuna stepped up a little bit. And I, I think I think they definitely have enough offense to, to make this happen. They just – I think their approach just needs to be tweaked a little bit and, you know, have some balls go their way. Like I said, have some, have some stuff just kind of go their way, hit a ball hard. That's not, you know, not right at somebody, you know, that gets frustrating too. When you smoke a ball and there, there's a guy standing there and they're pros and they're going to get you out. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good game. And uh, I think we've been through enough of these not to be, you know, we've we've been through a lot of these actually, these type of games as fans in the last twenty years. So I'm not all that nervous. You know, uh, so uh, many times. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I, 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 yeah, I agree. And I, it's I funny. I, I, it's funny. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I have this feeling. I, not like I said, not. A, I have this feeling like we might erupt today. You know what I mean? mean? Like, 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 like today might be the day we score seven or eight runs and Jack throws a gem, almost like last game of the season. You know what I mean? I have that feeling today. And, and that's what I mean. Like, I just – I can't think that – like, when the Cardinals get dipped from the playoffs, it's usually in, like, not a very grand fashion. Like, they they just didn't play well and they lost the series three to one or something like – but when they're in these kind of series, when it's the game five or game six or game seven and they're they're – 
backs against the wall. Like, how many times have we watched them fail? It's not often in the last, you know, 20 years. You know, when they lose a series and, and get dipped, it's because they got smoked. You know, so that's why I think, you know, this whole game five, game seven thing just doesn't really get to me much anymore. Now, if they had someone like other than Jack going tonight, I'd be pretty nervous. But I just, I love him. I think he's awesome, and I hope he can put it together. Well, in the end, um, we're going to find out. We're going to find out quick. I mean, uh, we're doing this show today. We're going to release it, you know, before uh, things go, and then we'll reconvene at another date. And hopefully things work out for the St. Louis Cardinals the way we all want them to because I think we've enjoyed baseball. Um, before you go, i got to get your thoughts on, on the, I don't know, I'm not going to call it seat gate, but we'll call it empty seat gate. Um, you know, a lot of people – want to make excuses for the fact that the Cardinals stadium wasn't full uh, yesterday or day before yesterday. Um, I'm kind of calling bullshit. Uh, it absolutely was empty because the fans are frustrated. Uh, yeah, there's people out there that probably wish it wasn't, didn't start at three o'clock or whatever, but I got to be honest with you, Mose. I fans are frustrated. I don't care if it's playoffs or not. So, uh, and I used myself. I could have went. I didn't go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I probably could have figured out a way to go to a game, but I, I didn't even really cross my mind. Um, I mean, am I crazy? We've had we, we've had plenty of games start early in the playoffs before, and we've never not sold them out. So yeah, I've been I've been at a few. Yeah. So yeah I, I mean, that's, you know, um, I think fans I are a little frustrated, a little bit could be i mean i don't know how the pricing is working out or anything like that kids in school i don't know but uh i don't i also think like <laughs> i don't know it's just easier to watch at home sometimes i just i think all sports in general are going to start to see this dip a little bit um it's just not worth the money and the hassle and the parking and the you know it gets kind of crazy and especially if you're not you know from that town where it's easy to get in and out and get home and it's tough for people and sometimes it's just easier to flip on the tv and sit in your recliner yeah i mean i i i would actually agree with that um and and yes if if you were to ask me i'm sure there's few people probably would would tell you yep that's part of it too but in the end i mean like i told him i don't know what were we probably talking about five six five six thousand tickets maybe um there's there's there, there are some people, I think, that just, you know, what are we seeing? We didn't see the typical, you know, we didn't we didn't get any help from that quote-unquote front office at the trade deadline. And, you know, they're, and, and we're seeing the fact that they didn't get us some help hurt us a little bit. And I think people are speaking. I really do. I, you know, it, it won't mean a hill of beans if they win because next series, every game will be sold out. I don't care what time the game time is, right? <laughs> But I think the thing too is like people have this concept that like ticket prices send some or ticket sales send some sort of message to the front office that it's not where they're making their money. Like you know, people are like, well, I just won't buy tickets and go. Well, okay, but you're probably still going to watch on TV where they make ten times the money in advertising than they do on that ticket you decided not to buy. So you can't. If you're going to boycott and get all frustrated, then you got to just boycott. Because they're going to make the money off the TV if you're turning it on. 
Yeah, it's a it's an easy thing to say you're going to do and a harder thing to do. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, so like, just go right. If, you, yeah. <laughs> if you're a fan and you want to go, just go because they're going to get their money if you're turning your TV on. So, <laughs> yeah, I, TV and, deals are getting more and more crazy, and I don't see you know ticket sales. That's not that's, right. that's old news. That's, right. That's old. That's old thinking that ticket sales is what's going to pay these players. <laughs> yeah, and I'm with you. I don't think it. I don't. It, it doesn't hurt them in the pocketbook like people think it think that it does. But I do think it's a little bit of a message. And and listen, maybe they don't care, you know. But if you own a business, regardless of winning or losing, you should care about the people that provide the money for the space. Because like I said, you know, to, to all of us, you may think, well, what's the difference? They're making millions. Well, any company that makes $100 million wants to make $101 million. So sure. that's kind of how – that's always been my thought on it. I do find it interesting that it wasn't sold out. I do think it's interesting. I wonder if it'll mean anything. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know that we'll find out immediately, obviously. But I wonder if in the future you might see a little bit of a change because fans I, have proven that they won't go just because it's the playoffs, that they're that if they're upset, they may not go. And again, I, I guess where I the only thing I was saying on this whole thing was I didn't I, I don't believe in my heart to just dismiss it as it was a three o'clock start. There's been plenty of early start games where you couldn't get a ticket. <laughs> well, is my Monday, point. I, Monday, you could use that excuse, but Sunday at three. What do you <laughs> That's like that's actually perfect, right? If you don't plan on going to Monday's game, do you want to go to a Sunday three o'clock game or a Sunday seven o'clock game? I want to go to the three o'clock game so I can get home and go to work the next day, right? So yeah. Sunday should have definitely been sold out, especially without a town fan. Was right? it not? I don't. I'm pretty sure Sunday there was there was open seats before the first pitch, like right at first pitch. Yeah, I didn't hear that Sunday wasn't a quote unquote sellout. So I I did I was unaware of that. If that was the it case, it may have been sold out, but the seats weren't full. Yeah. Well. So, and we know how that goes. Well, and we do know how that goes. Um. So yeah, I listen. I it for me. Um. Doesn't matter. I like. I, I just win, baby. Isn't that what Al Davis yep. said? Just win, baby. And that's It'll um, take care of itself. And that everything will take care of itself, and all will be forgiven <laughs> i think all right my friend um i guess hey, when can i ask you a question before we go oh yeah i love questions let's, let's just uh, just for just for a quick discussion okay uh if they were to win today okay i think they will okay you want the nats or the dodgers oh geez you know um i think it's logic forth on that well I, and the reason it, i i think it's logical to sit here and go well of course i want washington to win because i want home field advantage but i think i've heard what you asked for but i've but I've heard people that smarter than me that are definitely going to look it up say, well, that game seven at home doesn't seem to go as well as everybody thinks it goes all the time. Like, you know, it doesn't guarantee you anything. Um, you know, I, I, I hate to say this, but I've said it since day one. I, the, the Washington, that Washington bunch is a team that, you know, I, I said everybody was wanting Milwaukee to beat them, especially L.A., and I, I don't want to face them. I mean, I think they're they got a great lineup. I think Juan Soto's a stud. I think Victor Robles is better than he has shown. I think um, Turner's a tremendous player. Uh, Anthony Rendon is really, really good. I, you know, Ryan Zimmerman, you haven't heard from him in a while, and all of a sudden now he's going to start playing, right? Um, you know, they got some role guys that I like. 
you know, like them be, them getting Estrubal Cabrera late is kind of like, wow. You know, now I know he kind of sucked in Texas, but this guy can play. Yep. You know. Um, he's meant for the playoffs. He's yeah. He's those situations. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah. It, pain in the ass is what we got here, right? And they got a three-headed monster. Most teams besides us have a three-headed monster that's yeah. left, right? Um Gosh, I you know I guess pick your poison you know Strasburg, uh, Scherzer, Corbin, Kershaw, Bueller, Rue. I hate to say it, but I'd probably I'd probably take my chances against LA. I would too. You know, and that's crazy, but I would too. I, mean, I also think a ball. I think the ballpark plays into effect for me. Sure. Uh, with the Cardinals pitching, I would much rather the Cardinals be pitching out at Dodger Stadium than in Nationals Park. Yeah. Well, there's no Matt Adams around to bully up on, on, uh, on, Kershaw. on Kershaw, but uh, maybe somebody else would do it, right? Um, but no, listen, I, I, I you know, I, I get same thing for me. Just win, baby. You know, it's like, bring them on. You know, bring them on. So we'll see. Like I said, it'd be a great conversation, right? It'd be a great conversation. Yeah. So. Hey, a, a team like this won a World Series in 2006. Well, so yeah, I. They did. I yes. Yes, they did. They found a way to win in 2006. They sure did. So, All right, buddy. Um, for our All listeners, right. how do they follow you? Uh, on Facebook at Moe's Algorithm and on Twitter at M-O-Z underscore algorithm. Well, great stuff as always. Um, we will chat next week either way, but hopefully it's great stuff we're talking about, not next year. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. That is Moe's Algorithm as he finishes us off uh, before we uh, head home to uh, – do whatever it is we're going to do while we're watching the game and hopefully pull out a Cardinals win. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Uh, my guests were, were phenomenal. We got to hear from Benji. You know, We did hear from uh, Ron Nuttall with our uh, Ruffled Feather segment. And, of course, uh, Kyle Reese and Mo's Algorithm, as always, tremendously done. Uh, make sure you guys uh, are always checking us out, twobirdsonabat.com, where you can subscribe to the show. Please find us on social media at Birds on a Bat Show on Twitter and, of course, Two Birds on a Bat on Facebook. We're asking you to like our Facebook page. And uh, when you see the pin post, like it, comment on it, and share it because that is the show. Thank you to lineupmedia.fm for their continued support. And, of course, we appreciate uh, everything Yo Radio does for us. Make sure you download Yo Radio for free on your mobile device today. To our partners, Adam Smokehouse, the best barbecue in St. Louis, located on Watson Road. St. Louis, here's your cue. To our friends at Gators Baseball Academy, GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. It's the offseason. It's time to get better. Make sure you check out GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. Dr. Kristen Jacobs with Ula La Spa Anti-Aging and Wellness Center. You can learn more about her at drkristenjacobs.com. And as always, she remembers or she reminds you that it is always Skin Cancer Awareness Day. And we couldn't do the show without our friends at innovativecompanies.com, home of my man Randy Green and his wonderful daughter Stephanie. Residential, commercial, industrial, they've got you covered. Heating and cooling, electric team, construction team, fired up, ready to go. Randy Green's the name you know and trust. That's InnovativeCompanies.com. And as always, we come to you from the Patio Studios, the original party place for St. Louis Cardinal fans everywhere. For all of us here on the show today, let's go Birds! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.